Good morning, everyone. We had a marriage seminar on video a few years ago, and I remember uh, the pastor who was teaching was telling about how he had a special greeting card, Sam, for his wife. And on the outside of the card, it said, my favorite place is, and then when it was opened, it says, wherever you are. And this morning, I wish I had the card like that for Jesus because my favorite place is where he is. Amen. Jesus is Lord this morning to the glory of the Father. And we are blessed this morning to be in the presence of a loving God. Not just a loving God, but a powerful God. Pastor Jonathan has been sharing with us about walking worthy of the Lord. The message I have this morning, I believe, will help us understand our worth and the power that God has given us to walk worthy. Amen. Because it is, you can't do it on your own. You need supernatural power, and that's God's specialty. Amen is he gives us what we need to do what is needed. And that's called grace, by the way. Amen. God giving us what we need to do what is before us. Sometimes that grace is just making it through the day. Sometimes that grace is experiencing a supernatural blessing or provision in our life. Uh, whatever it is, but uh, we're going we're gonna to look at that this morning. And uh, the other thing is that we're coming into the Christmas season. And so this is, in, in a way, kind of my Christmas message. I don't want to make it just that this morning. But I think it has a lot of importance about really what is, to me, one of the main reasons that Christmas is such an incredible miracle and why it is so wonderful that Jesus came and how he came and who came. Amen. So turn with me in your Bibles this morning to the Gospel of John, the first chapter. We're going to read those first 14 verses of John 1. Give you a moment to get there. Hallelujah. Well, John was a very wise man. Guess where he began his book? In the beginning. Okay. Just a pastor joke there. Okay. Reading from God's Word, the Gospel according to John, the beloved disciple of Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. That man came, this man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness to that light. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, 
and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right or the power to become the children of God to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. John begins his gospel giving us the revelation of who Jesus was through eternity, who Jesus was before he was born. <laughs> okay? Now, most of us can't say that because we weren't pre-existent, but Jesus was pre-existent. He existed from all eternity. In the beginning was the Word. Amen? So the Lord has always had being and always had existence, but he, his existence as a man began as a babe in Bethlehem. But his existence as God, the fa God and God the Creator has, is eternal. In the beginning was the Word. Amen? And that is how John refers to Jesus, the Word. Amen? So I, I know sometimes there's a colloquial uh, uh, colloquial expression, uh, have you got the word? <laughs> have you got the word? And, and what do they mean by that? Did you get the, the news? Did you get what, the message? Did you get the word? But Jesus was the word. <laughs> Capital W. He is the eternal word of God. He is the creative word of God. When it, we read in Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, uh, when God created the heavens and the earth, it says, and God, and the, the God said, and then the, the waters were separated. God said, and the darkness was driven back. God said these things. God said what? He said the word. The Word was the creative force, the creative power that brought all things into existence. And I hope this morning you don't just look at this as a theological thing. It is that. It is truth. It's doctrine. It's really good doctrine. But more than that is a revelation of who Jesus is. Because sometimes I think people make Jesus too small. They make Jesus God Jr. And he isn't God Jr. He is God come in the flesh. Jesus is Lord. Almighty God. It was, it's this Jesus who came to be our Savior. When God sent his son in the world. He sent the most powerful force in all of the universe. He sent the creator. He sent the creator to become a man. Now that's good news. People, this is very, 
good news. Amen. Because God sent us the best. He sent us the most powerful. He sent us the sun. Amen. The sun in all of his brightness, in all of his glory, in all of his power. And even though he became a man, he still had the power to create. How do you think he fed the, the 5,000? He made bread. He started with just a few, but he made enough to feed 5,000 men plus wives, women, and children. Amen? So he, he has a creative force. He took mud and created sight for the blind man. He had the force to speak life into a man who was dead and call him out of the grave. I mean, because we have to understand the power of our God, the power of our Savior. Amen. He is unlimited. He is unlimited. He can do all things. And he is the God who can do what you and I cannot do. He is the God of the impossible. Amen? And he can move the mountains. He can cross the rivers. He can climb the hills. He can go through the valleys. He can come and lift up the fallen. He can strengthen the weak. He can heal the sick. He can free those who've been held captive by demonic forces. All of these things, we have to understand who it is who came to Bethlehem. I know he came as a baby, but that was a mighty powerful package. Big things come in small packages. The whole power of the universe was concentrated into a child that was born in a manger. <laughs> I mean, they got it. Come and see him who's born the king of the Jews. Amen. He wasn't going to become. He was. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that, isn't that incredible? Amen. He was already there. He just, his body needed to grow up a little bit. But everything that was in the Lord was there in the moment that he was born into that manger. He came fully God to become fully man. And that's very important because he came that he might reveal God to us. He also came that he might reveal man as he should be. So he was the son of God, perfect. But he's also the son of man, the perfect man. What Adam didn't do, Jesus did. Where Adam fell in disobedience and sin, Jesus came and did not fall. And as Adam's sin brought men down, the obedience of Jesus Christ lifts us up and brings us to salvation. It is through the power of the Lord Jesus Christ that that is impossible. He is defined as the Word. He is defined as the embodiment of all of God's truth. And God's message to mankind is found in the Word. The creative word, the redemptive word. Amen? When, hallelujah. There's so much we could say about that. But I have experienced in my life 
some instant transformation because of a word that was spoken under the power of the anointing. And when I heard that word, it set me free. I was an incredible worrier. I worried about anything and everything all the time. But one day I was listening to a message under a powerful anointing, and the preacher said, worry is a sin. And when that word came forth, I said, if it's a sin, I can repent. If it's a sin, I can be set free. And in an instant, I mean, even before I could say anything, the moment my heart believed it, I received it. And I quit worrying about anything ever. Because Jesus worked a miracle through the spoken word. And I understand that God has power to work miracles as his servants speak his word, not their words, his word. God works miracles. God does things that we cannot even comprehend. Amen? I've seen the Lord do amazing things through the word. But he is the creative word. He made all things. And without him was nothing made that was made. Okay, you go, you buy something, you look, it says made in England, made in France, made in China, whatever. Okay, you cannot look at anything in creation that doesn't have it stamped on it made by Jesus. Because there was nothing made that was made that he did not make it. Amen. The Bible says the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. Why? Because he created it. It's his earth. Everything in the earth is his. We are his by the, just by the very act of creation. We are his beings. And we are created for his purpose, not for our own. Not for our own, but for his purpose. Many people live for themselves. But God created us so that we would live for him. That we would glorify him. That we would praise him. In him was life. Oh my goodness. He is the source of life. Amen. He is the source of life. <laughs> Whoa. Amen. People are always looking for miracle cures. Jesus is the cure. He has life. I mean, when he comes, he gives us life. He gives us life. I remember many years ago, I was involved in a very busy week and a challenging weekend. We were having a big conference, and I had to drive 80 miles back late Saturday night so I could go preach in the church and then drive back that afternoon back to the conference. It was a very busy time. I was taking a shower that morning, and I felt like I'd been run over by a great big truck. And I, I mean, the life had been pretty much squeezed out of me. And I, I didn't have anything left. <laughs> and I, I just said, Lord, Jesus, I need you. And then I started to sing a little simple praise song. And as I sang that song, life flowed into me. 
I mean, it wasn't because I got an extra hour of sleep. It wasn't because I took some potent vitamins to make me come alive. It was because Jesus gave me life. He gave me life. And he can give you life. Amen. He is the source of life. He is that life that we all need. He is the, he, in him was life. And that life was the light of man. Amen. That life is in Jesus. Amen. Sometimes... <laughs> As we, as the word, as we were, as earlier in the service, Pastor Jonathan says, there's a simple word. The word I have for you this morning is very simple. That life is in Jesus. I want you to turn your eyes on Jesus. Turn them off of your circumstances. Turn them off of yourself. Turn them off of your history of your past and turn them on Jesus because he is the source of life. And he is the one who gives us life. And he is the one who gives us light. We live in a dark world. We live in a very dark world. And most of us, B.C., were living in a pretty dark place. And some of you this morning may be living in a dark place. But I'm telling you this morning, Jesus is the light. Turn on the light. Turn on the light. Because Jesus will bring light into that darkness. He will bring light into that place where, where you're confused and you don't have understanding. Jesus will bring his light to you. He will, his, his, his word will light your path. It will be a lamp and it will be a light to you. Amen. But he will come and he will lighten up the darkness. Amen. He will drive the darkness back. The Lord wants to do a miracle for you this morning. Some of us sit and we, we, in our imagination, we cannot even conceive of that happening in any way, but maybe gradually over a period of time, things will get a little better, a little better, a little better, and maybe someday we'll, we'll wake up and we'll like it. But I believe the Lord has the power to change it. Once we turn our eyes on him and we look full into his wonderful face, we will see the grace and we will see the goodness of the Lord and we will receive that light that we need in the darkness. And in these days, people need light. People need light. You need light. I need light. The people around us need light. And Jesus is that light that is needed. Amen. A few weeks ago, we took a couple hours to put up our Christmas lights. It was a lot of trouble, but it looks nice. But those lights on our house do not compare to the light that is in our hearts because of Jesus Christ. And the world needs to see that light at Christmas. We need to turn on the Christmas light. The light of the world who's come in Jesus Christ. And let that light shine into us and let that light shine out from us. Hallelujah. Because he is the light. That is who he is. Hallelujah. I love the who of Jesus Christ. I like who he is. And John spares no words to describe the grandeur of our Savior. We have a mighty God. We were singing it this morning. Could you feel the power of the faith and of the anointing and the presence of God as we were singing about a mighty Jesus? Amen. Because Jesus is mighty. Mighty to save. 
mighty to heal, mighty to deliver, mighty to lead, mighty to guide, mighty to give wisdom. He is mighty in all that is he is. He is mighty. He is a mighty, mighty God this morning. And why did he come? He came to bring life and life. John bore witness to the light. He said, I'm not the light. I'm just here to bear witness to the light. This morning, I'm not the light. I'm just here to tell you how to turn on the light and tell you that Jesus Christ is the light. I'm here to bear witness to him that he will indeed light up your life. He will light up your life. I don't care how dark the night is. The word of the Lord will bring light and life into that darkness. He will bring light into that situation. He will give hope to you. He will give you a sense in, in your heart. The Lord wants some people to go from this church this morning knowing that the Lord is with them and that he is going to lead them and he is going to change the circumstances and he is going to be there and they are going to be all right. They're going to be more than all right. They're going to be more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. Amen. The Lord wants you to go out of here this morning with hope in your heart, knowing that he has come to bring light and life to you. Glory. Amen. That's personal. He is the light that lights every man. Verse 9 is an interesting reading in the King James, and I read it in the New King James. And people pause over that meaning. But uh, several things that I read said there's maybe a, um, a slight difference. I don't know about you. When I write, I, I sometimes leave hanging modifiers. Do you know what a hanging modifier is? It modifies a verb and a noun, but it's hanging way over here and the noun's over there. So it's kind of hanging at the end of the sentence and you're not sure what it's supposed to hang on. Okay, so here's an alternate reading of this because I think... It gives a little more sense. It says, there, this was the true light which coming into the world cast his light on every man. In other words, gave to any man and every man the ability to be able to receive the light of God if they would. Amen. If they would. If they would. That's the question. But the light of the Lord is there to light up anybody who will turn their eyes on Jesus. To give light to every man. And these words of the gospel will bring that light. That's why we need to preach the gospel. That's why we need to share the gospel. Because he will bring light. You don't know who's out there looking for the light. But there are people who are looking for the light. There are people who want to walk in the light. They're tired of walking in the darkness. They're tired of bumping into things and things bumping in and running over them. They want to walk in the light. But they need to know that the light of the world is Jesus Christ. There's a choice here because Jesus came into the world which he made. It says he was in the world. And the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. 
When he was in the world, the world did not recognize him as who he was, the creator. They did not understand who he was. He came to his own because Jesus was Jewish. He came to his own people, the Jewish people. And it says he came to his own and his own did not receive him. They were looking in a different direction. They were looking for something different. Jesus came as a suffering servant to be a savior of, an indivi of individuals. Most of the people in Israel wanted a politician. Some lights coming on. Most of the people in Israel wanted a politician. They wanted Jesus to replace King David and make Israel a great nation. Even his own disciples who spent three and a half years with him. You know, last question for Jesus. Will you restore the kingdom of Israel at this time? They were still looking a little bit for a political answer. I tell you what, I mean, I, 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 you know, I'd be tickled with a political answer, but not to replace Jesus. Because I, I've lived long enough to tell you I've seen politics go up and down. You're hearing it all around. And the one thing I can tell you about politics is whatever's going on now will not last very long. It will change. <laughs> Amen. Because it goes from here to there. But they, one reason they did not receive Jesus was because they were looking for a political answer for their nation instead of looking for a savior for their heart. They did not realize they were sick and they did not realize they needed a physician. And they did not let Jesus be to them who Jesus wanted to be to them. I've come to seek and to save that which is lost. And they were a little too proud to even mention for a second that they might be lost. Amen. But that's why his own did not receive him. And then there's this nice big conjunction, B-U-T. But. But. And I really like this. Because it changes the whole tenor. But as many as received him. To them, he gave the power to become the sons of God, even to them who believed on his name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that is the good news for everyone who will receive the Lord Jesus Christ. And that word receive is not passive. It is a very dynamic word. And it really means to lay hold of with amazement. Can I borrow you, Sam? <laughs> Come up here. Yes, it's my son-in-law. I get to get even with him right now. All right. All right. As many as received him. I could say, oh, hi, Sam. Come on in. Or, I could do like this. Come on in. 
I feel very... I'm glad to see you. I'm amazed you're here. Come on in. That's kind of the meaning of that word. As many as received him, you may be seated. Thank you. I'm sure it'll get even with me one of these days. Every preacher needs a prop. But that word to receive is very active. Don't receive the Lord passively. Receive him actively in your heart. Receive him, grasp hold of him, and don't let go. Hold on to him with all of your might, your soul, your strength. Amen. That's what it means. That he would give us power. This is where I'm going this morning. He would give us power. He would give us authority. He would give us the right to become the children of God. And that means both he would give us the opportunity to be his children, and he would give us the ability to be his children. It's one thing to have an opportunity. A friend might come to me and say, gee, you want to fly with me to Europe? But what if I'm broke? I have an opportunity, but I don't have the ability. But Jesus has given us both the opportunity and the ability to receive him and to become the children of God. Hallelujah. What an incredible privilege we've been given. What an incredible power we have been given. Because, you see, this is something God does. The next verse brings a little more light of that. It says, Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Now, pay close attention here. First of all, he says, not of blood. Okay? This is my granddaughter. She's a blood relative through her father, my son. Right? But she's not a Christian because I'm her grandfather. She's not a Christian because of her father. It's not a blood. It's not a family thing. Because family can't save you. It's not of the flesh. We can't save ourselves, can we, John? We cannot. We, I mean, some of us tried. <laughs> I met a man one time, and uh, I, I asked him if he wanted to be a Christian. He says, well, I need to get my life in order before I go to Jesus. I said, I think it'd be better if you did it the other way around. Why don't you come to Jesus let him straighten you out? Anyway, but you see, some of us are like that. Uh, we, we, we are going to try to make some self-improvements. I, I don't like self-help. I don't like self-improvement because, I mean, not that I don't believe in it. It just sometimes it gets in the way of God's improvement and of God's help and of God doing something in our life instead of us doing it. It says, nor of the will of man. No other person can make you a Christian. 
I want you to know this morning, I'm just a man. I can't make any of you Christians. I, I don't have the power to do that. I don't even have the desire to do it because then you would miss out on Jesus doing it. This is something that is between you and him. Of God. We're, we're not born of these three things. We're born of God. Let God birth it in you. Let God birth that thing in your life. What is it you need? Let God give birth to it. Amen. Because this is, this is so wonderful. This is God's power at work in your life and in my life. And this passage begins with this incredible thing in verse 14. The Word became flesh. The Word became flesh. Why? To dwell among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Why did He come and dwell among us? So we could know Him. So He could know us. Amen. Because you need, we sometimes say to people, you need God with flesh on. Jesus is God with flesh on. He came as a man. Now granted, he's returned to the Father, but he's coming again as a man. But the thing is, is he came so that we could see the full revelation of God. Hebrews, the first chapter says, God who at sundry times in the past spoke by various prophets has now, has now. See, God who at various times in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets has in these last days spoken to us by his son whom he's appointed heir of all things. And then here is a confirmed by a second witness through whom also he made the worlds. And being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, you might say the exact image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, and by the way, that includes you and me. <laughs> Do you know you are upheld by the word of his power? It's not by our words alone. By our words we confess Jesus. But once we confess Jesus, we are upheld by his power. We are saved by his grace. Amen. When he himself purged our sins. Woo. Okay. We're going to stop there. Who did it? He did it. Okay, quit doing it. And let him do it. He's the one who can purge you of your sins. He's the one who can take sin out of our life. As Christians, we are forgiven. As Christians, we are being sanctified. And what that means is that as we follow the Lord, we become holy. We become more righteous. As we follow the Lord, because he purges us of those sins in our life and they fall away. Forgiveness 
delivers us from the penalty of sin, but sanctification delivers us from the power of sin. And when Jesus comes again, we're going to be glorified. And when that happens, we're going to be delivered from the presence of sin. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? We've got lots to look forward to, folks. Can you imagine waking up on that glorious day and there is no more sin? Hallelujah. Amen. It's gone. It's done with. It's taken completely away as the Lord redeems not just us, but he will redeem the earth. Amen. He has a perfect and wonderful plan. Amen. But we have to understand that it's his working. It's his working. And I'm going to ask you this morning, are you allowing his working in your life? Are you allowing him to work in your life? I know many times in my life I have slipped into a pattern of working for him rather than working with him. And I began to see myself as in my relationship with the Lord as by what I do. The Lord sent me a little dream because had struggled with the value of my value my worth was what I did and in this dream I was laying on a, a table I think it was a medical table and I was paralyzed from the neck down and the Lord spoke to me he said John even if you were paralyzed and you could not move a muscle and you could not do anything I would still love you as much as I do right now God loves us because he is love. And when we know our worth to him, it is easier for us to walk worthy of him. But we have to understand our worth to him. We're, we were singing he is worthy. I think he's up there singing to us this morning. You're worthy to be my children. I love you. You're worthy to be part of my family. I love you. I care about you. Yes. You know, let God have the problems. Amen. Remember one time we were having revival service. We brought big old garbage can up here. And then that night, everybody brought their paraphernalia because we had a lot of druggies and stuff. And they all dumped them in the garbage can. And then we had a little parade. I think we took them out and dumped them in the dumpster or burned them or something. But, you know, just bringing that trash and putting it in the garbage can and saying, Lord, here it is. Here it is. I give it to you. I don't want it anymore. I want you. I want your power in my life. I want to be conformed to your image. I want you to live through me, and I want, to, I want to know your worth. I want to know my worth, and I want to walk worthy of you. It's all tied together, but we have to know. We have to know that Jesus is here. He came. He came. He came. He said, I'm going to go to the Father, but I'll send another comforter who will abide with you. And when he said that, it was an interesting thing because in the original language, it's not a different kind of comforter. It is a comforter of the same kind. And then he went on and he told his disciples this. He says, I have been with you, but I will be in you. 
Woo. I have been with you, but I will be in you. <laughs> so where does he tabernacle? In us. Paul says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's who we are in Jesus Christ this morning. That's who you are. Man, that's who you are. The power of God is here. The light of God is here. And right now, he is destroying lies. He is destroying lies, whether they were lies from the devil or whether they were lies that we created or somebody else created. It doesn't make any difference. It's all fake news in the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the power of God right now is here destroying those lies so they will never have control over your life again. I tell you right now, you are loved, you are worthy, you are beautiful in the sight of God. God loves you and He cares about you. He thinks you are perfect. Men, I understood that when I had my own kids. And then I really understood it when they had their kids because I had to deal with their issues as a father. But as a grandfather, I have perfect grandchildren. <laughs> and I just get to enjoy them. They're wonderful. It's beautiful. But I want you to know that God sees you as his children, and he thinks you're perfect. When Jesus looks at you, he sees you perfect. He sees you perfect. Believe it this morning. He sees you perfect. Amen? Because he sees us as what we're going to become as we walk with him. He sees us perfect. He sees us as we'll be on that day when he comes again. If I go and I prepare a place for you, I'm going to come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. Amen. So this morning, as we close this service, I just ask you to stand with me, if you will. Bow your heads before the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for destroying the lies of the enemy. Thank you that you are the truth. You are truth and your grace. You're the truth that shows us the way. You are the grace that makes the way for us. Lord, you are both. And Lord, you're beautiful in your truth. You're beautiful in your grace. And this morning, thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for leaving the throne of glory and coming down, humbling yourself, becoming a man, that you would dwell in the flesh with us, that you might identify with us, that we might identify, Lord, with you. This morning, Lord, by your gracious Holy Spirit, I pray that every person in this place will identify with you. Lord, thank you, Jesus.